I'm sure you're ready for this. I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Best Soccer Show, the best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go, Best Soccer Show, Backheel.com, Jason Davis, Jared Dubois, live Monday for some reason, because the man's kinda, holding you down, the, that's what it the, is. The station, the station kind of smells like stale beer now from... Open wide for some soccer. <laughs> the 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 virtual backheel radio it station smells like a dorm room in here. Does it? Does it a little? I mean, okay. If you had to pick, which of those guys you think would contribute the most to the general odor? Like, which one would it be? Don't, let's not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> no. Okay. Let's I, just say there's see, one I guy think... on that show that I won't name a name, but I'm pretty sure has got. To second to third base with a pop superstar. Oh, okay. See, no, but see, you're you're going with secondhand information there. So I, that's firsthand information. Oh, you did get it firsthand. Yeah, that's right. That's you all did. I'm gonna say. Okay, then we'll leave that. To this. <laughs> that is such. Where a, I'm, a, I'm kind of sloppy seconds. I was with what I had an ex girlfriend that was the ex girlfriend of Travis Barker from Blink. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> I had to follow that. I love you. I love this. I have heard this story. I forgot about this. This is like six degrees of separation, like for sexual congress. Like it's six, it's like, six inches of separation. Like I, I almost had sex with Travis Barker, but not really because I only. <laughs> unbelievable yeah, it's never. Stuff. I'm never like. I'm never the. I'm never like the uh, Neil Armstrong man. I'm always like the who was Buzz Aldrin's second guy in the moon. Yeah, that's that's me. There you go. Uh, live on a Monday night, as I mentioned. Apologies for not uh, doing a Sunday show, but we're making up for it right now. We've got MLS to talk about. We've got some some beef in uh, high up in U.S. soccer circles, Jared. Like like serious mm. beef. Like, and you look, you, we all wait, know. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get in, can we, can we talk about something we were talking about before we started the show? Uh, what the beer thing? You want to talk about some beer? Yeah, we're talking about beers. All right. All right yeah, Again, I, listen, I'll there, be first one to tell you. I'm, I first of all, I worked in a brewery through college. Yeah, and I don't know anything about beer, and I don't really like beer that much. So you were just on the dock shipping the stuff out. No, no, I was in the restaurant serving. Oh, well, that's not working at a brewery. That's just that's just waiting. Well, I worked at a brewery restaurant. I apologize. I, I know. I'm just, I'm just There's a brewery you. inside the restaurant yes, too. But I mean, right. Well, I was actually talking about this the other day, and I know we'll get to what you want to talk about because the reason this came up is because I'm actually drinking beer, which I never do on the as air. As am I, which I really do. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I, which I never do. And um, I was talking about this with somebody. Remember when brew pubs were like huge? Brew pubs were a oh. thing. There was oh, yeah. Rock Bottom was across the country. We got a bunch in here in DC, like Sweetwater Tavern has got their own place. They still bake yeah. the beer. They still they still exist, but they've been completely replaced by the microbrewery. Like nobody goes uh, microbrewing is the podcasting of drinking. There used to be a time where it only is. big money people could it do is. it. Yeah. And now that you can make everyone can do it in their home, it's way watered down with a bunch of skanky stuff. And, and look, th- it uh, microbrewing is the podcast of drinking, and I think that that leads us straight into the question of why there is no best soccer show beer. Why we do right? not have a beer, and right, not only some do- dude is brewing a beer in his basement right now. That I mean, he's not he could at least name it after us somehow. It should should absolutely do that. I don't know. I don't. And by the way, I was thinking. So the names of best soccer show beers. Okay. Okay. I, I think I have a winner. Okay. What is it? Pick your pilsen. <laughs> It's not bad. Let me just go ahead and drop it. 
that's not either that or it's pills, pills, pills. Well, you can't, we can't put that on a label. Come on, now, be 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 practical here. If it's gonna be, if it's gonna be a pilsner, it's gonna have to be picture pilsner. Or we can go really super vanilla. We can go like best soccer show brown or something like that. But see, it's I feel pick your pills in more. I enjoy a good pun. I think it's got to be punny, right? And it's got to be related to yeah. something that we do here on the show. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's got. We can put this out to the listeners. By the way, phone lines open tonight. Uh, what's the phone number again? It's been so long since I've had to say it because we have a new number over at Soccer Morning. This is where having a, a producer actually helps. Three se- three four seven seven five six six two seven six. That's absolutely right. The phone and number. If you got a better name for the best soccer show beer, and or you are a brewmaster mm-hmm. of some sort and want to name mm-hmm. a beer after us, I'll drink it on the show. Two questions for you when we when we talk about the best soccer show beer. Number one, what should it be called? And really, pick your pilsner is a pretty good name. And. I, I, but I, I, I want, I'm open to all, op, all, all options, all possibilities. And number two, what does our beer taste like? What does it have hints of? And what does it It has with? to have a duality to it. <laughs> does it? It has to have a, a crisp finish. Do we need a crisp finish? I think a, a, a strong note in like your, <laughs> your, your, your baritone kind of voice okay. that you have. All right. And we, a kind of a skunky oh, finish, which okay. I bring to it. So some, some rich, some, something rich, some rich blank notes. Like normally you would yes. go with maybe some chocolate. Some rich yes. chocolate notes. I'm not sure I'm pulling off chocolate. I'm not, I'm not really pulling off some uh, chocolate. I, I'll say this. You've pulled off some chocolate in your past. <laughs> Jesus. I don't even know where I'm going with that one. Hey, Rodius. So you do you want to talk about mommy and daddy fighting? And I'm I'm gonna have, I'm borrowing that from Reedy Morungi, by the way, who wrote a a very good piece at Soccer Gods on the beef between Jurgen Klinsmann and Don Garber, which continues. And now well, who, who who's Sunil Galati then? If that's mommy uh, and daddy, oh man, I don't know. I I mean I think uh, yeah, I don't know if we want to assign roles necessarily here. And I don't even know, you know. Again, I don't I don't know. Maybe he's the the wedding the marriage counselor is he the marriage counselor yeah i guess so i mean but a marriage counselor somehow has a vested interest in both of them i, I think like it's going to your uncle for counseling or something i i Sino galati is in a tough position but oh you know I what just, it is it, it, here here's what, what it is it's the best friend whose buddy married his sister that's who this this that's yeah that's they're, the a, they're in an here. awkward position. That's right. You're the best friend of one guy, and you're the and you're the brother of the other party, and you have to get in the middle of it because you are tied both ways. Absolutely. Yes, it's it, it's definitely something in in that regard right there. But at some point, I don't you just kind of part of me likes that there's at least some kind of thing going out there. Part of me just like shut up already. You know, do, just do you, get over it. Well, okay, but that's uh, that would be fine. I mean, I would love for them to get over it. Would you rather? But I don't even know who needs to get over something. I don't know who's at fault anymore. I don't know. I don't even remember who casted the first stone. I don't remember who was like who was the more I I, I would guess um, petty one to start. I I don't remember anymore. Well, okay, again, okay. So we let's identify the parties involved, and we all know who they are. But let's kind of paint them into their various corners. Jurgen Klinsmann is the guy who just likes to talk, right? And he's got an opinion on everything, and he's got his thoughts, and he thinks American soccer has all this potential. And his way of getting there involves players, the best players, not playing in MLS. That's the base of this argument, right? So then you Mm -hmm. remember you had Don Garber getting testy, lashing out on a conference call. This is what, six, eight months ago? saying something. Not even that, I don't think. Oh, the original one. You're right, the original one. Yeah, it was was like last summer almost, I think, is when this happened, saying, you know, he needs to get on the same page. Remember what was was Trevor's uh, Trevor's catchphrase out of that conference call? It was, uh, align with the vision. 
Jurgen Klinsmann needs to align with the vision per Don Garber. And now here it is again, Don Garber talking to AP sports editors. And when he's talking about the players that MLS is going to go after, he's saying, hey, we're going to go after American players no matter what Jurgen Klinsmann says. And that's when Sunil Gulati has to get involved. And Sunil Gulati, this is a bad look for Sunil Gulati because there's, yeah. no, there's nothing he can say that looks good here. And here's the thing. Unlike Klinsmann, I'll tell you right now, Don Garber's doing a hell of a job. Right, I but mean, that, okay. he, 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 not, not that Sunil Gulati can do anything about Don Garber anyway. He can't fire him or anything like right, that. Right, But I do think he could put a, he could lean on a lot of the people that do have the ability to fire uh, to fire Don Garber. But Don Garber's doing a hell of a job. I, I, I think that you, that you have to separate some things, though. And, and the job description for Don Garber is clearly to push MLS to make it bigger, better, stronger, richer, whatever. Oh, he's what that Daft Punk song is about. <laughs> if you pull that part, if you pull the business part out of it, though, people do have questions about whether Don Garber's vision is correctly aligned with the rest, with, with what's best for American soccer on the whole. Because it's not necessarily true, Jared, that everything that MLS does is good for American soccer, and they need to be locked up with each other. You know what I'm saying? And I don't. No, think- they don't have to, but you would expect them to be a little bit more aligned. This is a very essential thing about it. I mean, either the national team coach believes in the domestic league or he doesn't. And I don't know. I mean, listen, when it comes down to it, he's going to say he does. And Sunil Gulati in his most recent play- statement says he does. But if you really believe in the domestic system, wouldn't you do more to support it than he does? He seems to t- be able to take a crack at it any chance he has. But then he always has the crutch of, well, I called in, what, 10 of 23 players for the World Cup team out of MLS. Right. But that's right. because he had to. The, the, the guys that he always has, he's the Oliver North of American soccer. He's always got plausible deniability. And that is, yes, I'm saying all these things. And yes, I'm saying that American players shouldn't be in MLS, the best of them anyway. But I'm also doing this other thing that proves that I value MLS on some level. Now, you could also say, hey, he doesn't really have a choice. The pool isn't deep enough in Europe. He's got to go to MLS. He would be a fool not to go to MLS to look for help. That's why he's picking up, not because he wants them there. Yeah, I, I think he's in an unfortunate situation where he has to, if he has the choice between two equal players, he's going to pick the one in Europe. I believe that without a doubt. Okay, fair enough. I think that's probably true. Yeah. And if he has the option to steer any player, he's going to steer him to Europe, correct? Yes, he's absolutely so doing that. how much of a guy like Jordan Morris not signing with MLS is about school versus not wanting to get caught into a three-year deal or something like that with the Seattle I think, I think that's I think that's mostly about school and Jordan Morris and his personality. I don't think that has anything to do with... So you don't, do you even think Jordan Morris will go pro once he's, out of, once he's done with his degree? Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, I think he'll... I, he, look, he's, uh, he's done one year at Stanford. He's, gonna, he's already committed to a second year. He could come out after that one. He could sign after that one. I don't then know. He's, I'll say this for Clemson. I'll say this for Clemson. Then he's not serious about his soccer career. Why? Why is that necessarily true? He can't be because serious you're about- losing the the best years of your formulative yeah. career. Okay. Well, he's not. He's not. Okay. I'll say it this way. He's not serious about his soccer career in the way that soccer has traditionally pushed careers on players. Is what you're saying. You're just rephrasing what I'm already saying. No, but but what I'm saying is that certainly under an American context, you can argue that, hey, Jordan Morris is doing the smart thing. He's going to go get his degree at a very good school and and back himself up. He's doing the practical thing. Okay, he's he's doing the practical thing. But that doesn't mean he doesn't value his soccer career. In a country that is eating Landon Donovan alive for not taking opportunities as they came to him along the way or not sticking out opportunities and and backpedaling at every chance he had – 
how is this U.S. soccer community supposed to re- uh, uh, rectify this decision? Uh, it's a good question. I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know how you turn this into a Jordan Morris discussion. It's a zero-risk thing. And listen, I, I get it. A degree from Stanford will be benefit you for the next 50 years of your life. Yeah. But the next 50 years of your life, you may be in a position where you like, think, what if? And that's a tough place that, to that's be. A very good, that's a very good But that's, that's why it's up to Jordan Morris, because I can't make the decision for him, and I can't tell him what's more important. But I still think I can – it's fair to say he's not serious in the way that most professional players are serious about their career. And that's cool because he has again, options. I, again, I don't know that that's fair to put it on him because he could be his, – his sincerity about his soccer career could be a 99, but his sincerity about getting a degree – is a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you really going to to cast him in a light of not caring about his soccer career just because he values college that much more? I'm not saying he doesn't care for a soccer career or anything like that. I'm just saying he is not as serious as the average professional has to be, or he's not as hungry for the soccer. I would I would agree with that. The other one. He's not as hungry, and part of that is because he's got a safety net at home, and he's got a he's got a family and an upbringing that has pushed him into an academic direction which is good for him that's great congratulations that's, for him that is fabulous yeah. i mean I, I i i i admire that more than, than it's probably coming across right now but i'm just saying if for a professional career jossie's artist is doing more to nurture that right now mm. than jordan morris is and luckily he has a coach that for some reason is able to see through the lines and able to take a risk on a guy but He's also being supported by a coach that is completely hypocritical Again, in his decision making. How did you do this? How did you mentally? How did you manage to flip the conversation to Jordan Morris? I, I got a co- I got a, a comment here from Mickey Turner. Sunil is the child having to listen to his parents argue while under the covers in his room, and maybe there's something to that because uh, this is not a short joke. I pro- I promise, it's not a short joke. But then the kid comes out and says, "Mommy, Daddy, stop fighting," and that's I think that's what Marini Morungi was going for. And you you look at you look at what Sino Galati said about he I mean again he has to he has to back up his dude he has to back up Jurgen Klinsmann because that's his boy he he hired him he's bought he's bought in he's given the, the the guy the keys to the car he's letting him control pretty much everything about the national team program but he's also he's also got to work with Don Garber closely they share you know they share the board of uh, directors for U.S. Soccer there they work very closely together. I don't know. It says here's a quote um, talking about Klinsman. He absolutely supports the league and knows it's critical to the national team's development. The success of the U.S. national team is directly linked to the success of MLS. Jurgen knows that. Don knows that. I know that. Let me be real clear. If Don or anyone criticizes the national team or its success, that's inherently saying something about where the league is, and vice versa. If you criticize MLS, which is central to our national team, I, I, I mean, think that's fair. Okay, I, I think that's true and it's fair, but it doesn't it doesn't say anything. So he's not he's no. not making a point. He's not picking a side. He's the little- last person he the last person needs opinionated to be opinionated right now is Sunil Galati because as soon as he becomes opinionated, he's going to look like he's on one side versus the other, and he can't be that. He has to be neutral for a number of different reasons. Yeah. But one thing I wish, and I'm sure you're probably reading this from Doug McIntyre's piece right now because that's where I was reading this originally. Uh, originally, and as I'm reading it. The one thing that sticks out in my mind that I can't remember any reporter ever asking or ever getting an answer for, and I wish I could ask Neil Galati, is tell me two deliverables you've given to Jurgen Klinsmann as a technical director. What are his deliverables? As a person that works in business, I have deliverables every week, every month, every year to basically sustain my job and to justify a raise, justify keeping my job. What 
are Jurgen Klinsmann's deliverables to Sunil Gulati? Uh, I it's a good question. Uh, you're using you're from a using, technical director standpoint because I don't understand yet what that means in the U.S. Uh, yeah, okay. So we we need to find out these things. Uh, I, the deliverables. If you don't work for corporate America, yeah, I mean just think an, an easy thing like take for example making the Olympics, making the Olympics. Right. Uh, that's a deliverable for the technical okay. director. Cool. Uh, okay. Uh, you're, 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 but are you you're separating his head coaching job from his technical director job? Right. Yes, okay. I understand the deliverables a head coach is supposed to have. Make the qualify out of your region, win your your local region cup in the gold cup, go to the confederations cup, and perform well at the, at the world cup. That's basically the, the 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 bare minimum deliverables for a U.S. soccer coach right now. But the technical director, that's a new thing. That's something that hasn't existed here before. So I still don't understand what that means. In terms of, I understand on a broad level, I say he's in charge of uh, f- the framework of U.S. soccer. Okay, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. No one gets specific on this, and yeah. it bothers me to this day that we're what a year in since he got this to- to- title, and no one still knows what this means. Uh, it means he gets to do what he wants. I think that's what it means. Three four seven seven five six six two seven six. If you want to jump in at any point, I got a couple of responses on the best soccer show beer discussion. Uh, mm-hmm. the international, f- well, hold on a second. I got to find this one. International friendly pale ale. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I don't know what that means. That's from Andy Smith. Be- I like, I like the next one for the alliteration. Uh, you like, uh, D- Davis Dubois, Dubois, Duncan Weiss, Dunkel Weissen. What is a Dunkel? What is a Dunkel? It's a German beer. I think if I remember correctly, it's a pretty heavy wheat beer. Okay, so okay, I know Hefeweizen. I don't know Dunkelweizen, but I, I trust yeah, it's you. It's heavier this. than a Hefeweizen. Okay, all right. So you like the fact that it's got all triple D's, three D's. You yeah, like I that. don't like that your name's first, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> Dubois Davis, David Dubois. I mean, I now, in this way, in this way, it works because the Dubois and Dunkel are kind of like the DU kind of thing, so they they move into each well, other. Well, I mean, I did, look, there's a lot of different directions you can. I don't think our name should be in it, to be honest with you. I don't think Best Soccer Show's name should be in it. I think it should be something ah. like you suggested. It should be. It should be pick your pills in with maybe with our faces. I'm not saying our faces shouldn't be on the label. I mean, come on, come on, come on. I think you have our faces over Bill Biv DeVoe's like faces, <laughs> and we put Trevor on there too. Uh, <laughs> we could do that. There's I got, call Johnny Bivens, by the way. There's got to be an album cover with all of them standing, you know, in that pose, like they're either got arms crossed oh, or like. There's, there's got to be one like that. Yeah. And I, I would say Trevor's rudimentary Photoshop skills are definitely <laughs> able to do this. By the way, I say rudimentary, but they're light years. No, they're they're actually pretty damn good. Three four seven seven five six six two seven six. If you want to talk Gulati, Garber, Jurgen Klinsmann, the love triangle that does define American soccer. Please jump in at any point. We got MLS to talk about, Jared. We got Montreal and the CCL to talk about. And since we haven't done a show since that first leg, I want I want to get your thoughts on what they did down at Azteca in that first leg and really what you rate their chances at home in Montreal, by the way, where 61,000-plus will be in attendance at Olympic Stadium. Yeah. That's a fantastic turnout. I mean, I I think I, I love what the way Montreal is getting behind this team right now. Um, I think they're going to ride a crest of momentum, and if if they can win this thing, I mean, you could be seeing Dilly Duca go up against Real Madrid. That is crazy to me. <laughs> I mean, that is, it, it's mind boggling when you think about it. And there's the whole MLS for Montreal thing, and I'm I'm in it. I'm in the camp. Okay, you are. but I'm you hesitantly are. in the camp, and here's why. I just always wanted the American team to do it first. Oh, is that, is that petty oh, of me? This is anti-Canadian bias happening right here. Little this, bit. I mean, I was I was MLS for RSL. 
Oh, MLS for LA, own. obviously. Now, let me just point things, some things out, okay? A couple of things about Jared Dubois that you may or may not know. Number one, he lives in a town that is named after a part of Canada because it was settled by Canadians. He is. I know, it's rough. <laughs> he's got a name that makes it sound like he could be uh, from Montreal. You could be Jared Dubois uh, pour Montreal. And yep. you actually spent some serious time in Toronto, Canada. So I, <laughs> you have built this up. <laughs> uh, I, I look, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I want, I, I'm, I'm rooting for them over Club America. I'll say that. I don't know if it's tied to MLS though. I think it's just tied that I know Montreal and I've seen them play and I like some of their players and, Maybe yeah, but that's, that being said, wouldn't RSL or LA been a better ambassador for this for this well, league of course, going across the for the you, way they play? You can't you can't pick. You don't get you're gonna get your choice here. This is Mon- in terms of who I root for, I do, no, but you're right. Course, I don't get a choice course. in terms of who makes it. Right, absolutely. And Montreal has done this is magical stuff. I mean they are I still don't know how they're doing it. This is smoke and mirrors right now, uh, yeah. for Montreal. And well, they, the amazing thing is that every leg someone steps up. I mean, you get a great performance from Porter, a couple of great performances from from Porter. Piatti just was amazing last round. I think um, uh, Adili Duca is playing above his level, or at least above a level we ever saw him play for the Chicago Fire. You're starting to see the kid that a lot of people had hopes in early on in his career and was bounced around. Mm-hmm. Give him plenty of chances, by the way. Adili Duca had plenty of chances leading up to his stint in Montreal right now. But now you're finally seeing him kind of the culmination of all of it, and for some reason it's coming together for him. This is his third team. You did, did you say that already? This is his third team. I didn't say that, but yeah. Columbus, Chicago, Montreal. Both those teams, Chicago and Columbus, pretty much gave up on him. They decided he wasn't worth the trouble. But Klopas, listen, Klopas is a guy, Klopas knows this player. So, I mean, that is no, no coincidence. Like, Jesse Marsh got his guy in, uh, in Felipe. You know, this, these guys are going back to the guys they know. And he got Dilly Duca on the cheap. And I think there was a lot of risk involved there. But this isn't a guy I imagine stepping up as being a focal point player for a Champions League team that's in the finals. It, 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 it up uh, 1-1 on aggregate in the Club America in the CCL finals. That's a tremendous place for this team to be in, let yeah. alone a guy like Dilly Duca. Yeah, I, you know, I, we could break down why this they managed to do this. I think Nacho Piatti is a big part of it, obviously, with his experience. I think that, uh, you know, their back line, I don't know that I rate Bakari, Samari, and Camera and uh, who else is in the back back there? Oh, they have uh, Saman, who's, who's really good, actually. Um, I'm not sure that I rate those guys as like the best center backs in the MLS as a pairing or even top ten. But you know what they mm-hmm. are? They're they're scrappers. They will they will get dirty. They will they will give you a off the ball little extra love. They will mm-hmm. do things to get under your skin that for the longest time. I'm not saying that MLS players weren't doing it before, but maybe they've taken it to a new level. Maybe it's a team mentality rather than an individual mentality. But for yeah. years, for years, MLS players were getting done dirty because they that's they would get that done to them. They'd respond, they'd get sucked in, they'd fall prey to getting concacaft. And the other that's the that's the thing that that blows me away is yeah. that Montreal is straight up concacaf in people right now. And that's oh, yeah. stunning. They're playing the way you see Honduran teams play, Costa Rican teams play, Mexican teams play, and US it's a, for some reason in the US, we always thought we were above it. And we've well, tried to play above it, be. but where's that ever gotten us? No, we we're, we're not, and we shouldn't be. And it's time to stop. Take your damn cues from Montreal. Let the let's the let, let let the Quebecois lead the way. And and again, I'm not on this. I'm not on the bandwagon because it's MLS, and I think it means something for MLS. I don't know that it does, and we'll see if they manage to win it. 
I'm on it because I like some of their players. I think Frank Klopas deserves a lot of credit, even though they're, they're, they're struggling in the league and they finished last. I think he deserves, deserves a lot of credit. right now, too, though. Sure. And, uh, but I, 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 what I don't like, and what I've said before, is I don't like when it's directed out of New York. When it's hashtag MLS for Montreal... As yeah. as decided by the people at MLSsoccer.com or wherever, whoever you know, I don't want to. I want. I don't want to pin this on anybody necessarily. But remember, in 2011. But what are they? Uh, they listen, were pushing. I'm completely it. in the in the same boat as you. But I'll play devil's advocate here for a moment. Is the league not supposed to like? I know. I, I know. Thing? I know. They are in a tough spot. They're in a very difficult spot. Four two five. You're on the air. Hey, this is Damian from Seattle. What's going on, Damian? Hey, just. Uh... Called in and talk about the Cascadia Cup. I'm sorry, I didn't know uh, you guys were talking about it ahead of time. I just saw the tweet. And uh, absolutely. Hey, we, 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 take left turn, we take hard left turns around here all the time. It's well, I don't problem. know if you heard this or not, but Mr. David uh, Jason Davis is going to be on Sirius XM soon, so he needs to get used to lots of callers taking him in different directions. This is very true. So I, I, and I, I handle it on Soccer Morning well as well. So, Damien, uh, you know. And, and I'll throw another curve in there. I, I had a beer with you guys at Smog City during MLS Cup. I'm the guy with the dreadlock. Ah, so, ah, you remember? You remember Damien? Yeah, of yeah, course. Damien has one of the most interesting stories to MLS Cup uh, of uh, last year where he met a guy playing FIFA online who's an L.A. fan, and they uh, ended up like, striking a bond through FIFA and ended up having a bet where whichever one finished went to the final, the other one had to, like, was it, Damien, did he have to fly you out or you guys just had to, the other person had to come he, to the game? The other person actually, so he bought the L.A. ticket. I was going to buy the Seattle ticket. And so he bought my ticket to the game, and I got to sit in the sports section and it, wore a neutral shirt and just enjoyed it as a, <laughs> a fan. So yeah. I was It's one of the best like you know, 21st century digital boy kind of around, things but. I've ever heard about soccer. Yeah, it's a very good story. All right, so, David, your boys get, get the win. Uh, it was ugly. It was boring. I fell asleep like six times. Well, I don't know what you got to say about it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Yeah, not the best game. Definitely, I feel like any time we play Portland, it's you know the hype and the you know, all the fans and the, the build up to it is awesome. But the game usually is not uh, leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> well, so, I, what do you think? With regards yeah. to Seattle, how do you deal? With, are you a Papa guy? Are you a Nagel guy? Is there room in the team for both? How do you see that? Uh, I I like Nagel because he's local, but. Uh, I feel like he has lots of bad games, and Ziggy doesn't take him out. Ziggy, I mean, he starts week in and week out. I mean, he had a bunch of bad weeks. Obviously, his last week before last, he was awesome. But he starts no matter what happens versus Papa. Like, you know, he keeps cutting inside. Ziggy gets mad. He sits on the bench for, like, two games. And, and Nagel feels like can do no wrong. So I am on the – yeah. I own the Papa Train if I had to choose one. Yeah, but at the same time, you, Papa Train includes 45-yard-long free-kick <laughs> attempts. Yeah, I commented about that on Twitter. I love the fact that Marco Papa thinks he can hit he can hit a 45-yard free-kick. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you're close. full of those guys. Obafemi Martins, he oh, wouldn't yeah. hesitate. No, he Clint wouldn't Dempsey, hesitate. He no. wouldn't hesitate. Papa? No. no. Uh, you, 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 feel strong, you feel strongly about your team, Damien. I mean, like last year was obviously – disappointing in in terms of the playoffs but you got that you got the US Open Cup you got the supporter shield you feel as strongly about this team right now as you did uh last year and look obviously injuries have been an issue too yeah at this point i feel decent i mean I, it's more of the other people i feel like have been making moves um that i'm happy that LA is obviously you know they lost Donovan and that makes things a lot easier for us <laughs> Hater. and uh obviously the yeah i think Portland is even worse than they were last year and 
Yeah, they were going to do something. It was last year. So yeah, well, Seattle, I Seattle right now is actually has the highest points per game in the entire like West, and with with a game in hand, they easily tie Vancouver on sixteen points. They're not in a bad position. Yeah, and I feel like while there's more tougher teams, I feel like no one has excelled enough that we need to be too worried. So. But the only thing I would say, the reason to be a little bit worried is that they haven't looked as strong as they did down the stretch last season, and you don't have any reinforcements coming where the L.A.'s and the New York's can point to Gerard and and Lampard. Reinforcements coming. This is who you got. Uh Do you feel comfortable that this is the team that can get you to the final when it's basically the same team that sputtered down the stretch last season? Mm, We've got to make some summer signing. I feel like... uh, yeah, it's enough for now, but we gotta do something. Hopefully not in center back. I'm hoping Evans works out, but it's not. Uh, yeah, we didn't do that much in the off season, and I realized we were good enough. But everyone else, I mean, I feel like everyone else stepped up their game, and it, the the gap is smaller, but it's still got it maybe an edge again. Minus Donovan with LA, and we'll see what happens with CB. You know, most late season signings, the first year for DPU, historically. Without having a full season of the ball, even Oba aren't that good. So I'm hoping this is our year, just based on the late signing DPs uh, not making too much of an impact. So appreciate- or enough of an impact to win the cup. <laughs> right. I appreciate the phone call, Damian. Thanks for listening, man. And, uh, good seeing you last year. Hopefully, we'll we'll run into you in the future. Yeah, hey, right. take care of me, guys. Right. Have a good one. Damian up in Seattle talking about his boys, the Sounders, who beat uh, Portland. Jared, that, I mentioned that game was boring. It was, took about 80 minutes for that game to jump off at all. Uh, I hate watching the, uh, you know, I, I know they take this hard up there. I hate watching games on the Seattle turf. It's Super Bowl soccer. I don't like the Super Bowl bouncing all over the place. I think that has a major impact on things. But the, the other at the thing, same time, I don't, it doesn't bother me in Portland. It's, just, it's a different turf. You can tell it's a different turf. Something it doesn't else. look the same way. Yeah, there's something else that worked. And they got that big, it looks like somebody had a, held a tractor pull on the, uh, on the flanks up in Seattle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like there's this big swath that just look like somebody has I didn't happen to notice. Okay. Well, they just they they're, they're these big wide swaths that look like somebody's been dragging something across the turf. And so it's ugly turf, it's ugly game. And you know what Alexi said something. I don't know how you felt about this. I mean, it's hard. I haven't been to a game in Seattle, so I can't judge it on that level. I'll be I, going I trust in him. 4 weeks. Okay, you got you're going in a month. He said it seemed more subdued, like for a Cascadia game for Portland to Seattle. He felt more sub- subdued and maybe robotic. I wonder then if it's the the environment that's actually different, or are we just finally getting used to it, so it doesn't seem nearly as jarring and impressive. Uh, maybe I, I think that there's also something to be said with the fact that these teams play each other. You know, Alexi talked it up to being early in the year. This is just an early season game, and we haven't really ramped up to it. But I I, I do think there's something to be said with. With the way the schedule works now, these guys play each other. It's not twice a year, once at home, once away. There's, there's a bunch of games. Three times usually. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I maybe that's not. Maybe I'm overthinking this. But I, I want that rivalry to stay, to to stay hot and really. Well, not just that, but until Portland can get consistent. I know. I know. Yeah, that's definitely an element of it. They they need to be. I, I'm more interested in watching Vancouver play play Seattle at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Robert on Twitter's got a bunch of beer names. Pale, really? pale, concac. Pale Concac Ale. I'm not sure what that. I guess that's going in a Concac direction. Okay, that's a tough one. Stout piece, as in set piece. Okay. Greedy Chucks IPA, meaning blazer. These are not necessarily. I mean, some of these are related to the show. They're they're obviously about, American. Uh, oh, well, I was thinking about 
Oh, man, there is something to do with Blazer. We could definitely... Uh... Alloc- allocation Amber Ale. <laughs> That's, I don't know. I think it's hard. I think we need one, really. And I don't, this is this going to be very, very difficult. This is your challenge. We need one built around... Michael freaking Arasco Fiscal. Any chance we can get a beer name built around that one? Uh, let's see. How about... Oh, man. Uh, there's no real M's or O's I can think of that have to do with... Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't do it on the fly because your your brain will shut down and we'll lose the thread on this show. Three four seven, seven five six, six two seven six is your phone number if you want to jump in. Let's Trevor says Marzen freaking Orozco Fiscal. Marzen, that's not bad. Mike Marzen freaking Orozco Fiscal. That's not bad. I like that. Um, we can turn to MLS. You want to you want to break down some MLS real quick action? before we move on from 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 Montreal. I want to talk a little bit about the the keeper situation and how do you feel? Is this dirty? If I was to frame it first. Montreal get it's supposedly getting a keeper on loan from India Eleven, German keeper. Uh-huh. Is first of all, how is this allowed? How are you I, able to add a player the week of a game? Uh, well, I think that it's not a loan. It's an actual signing, although the details are obviously not public. And it's poss- I, I imagine it's possible he'll go back to Indy 11 at some point. It's Christian Nicht, I believe is his name. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm not, I don't, I'm not sweating this too much. I mean, would it have been shady if, if Montreal had managed to loan in Sean Johnson or Stefan Fry or somebody like that for a one-off game? Uh, the couple of days before the final the final match yeah that would have been shady i wouldn't have felt good about it this mm-hmm. one this one i'm not I, I i don't have an issue with this i really don't i, I mean i don't know what because they've got the name i don't have an issue with it because you know th- lots of teams have injury crises and figure out ways to get players in Last okay, so your issue been more like a keeper giving their star keeper off yeah, their team yeah. for, for a loner. Yeah, if it, if it smacks... It's, so, it's socialist soccer, and that's the well, case. Well, look, if it smacks of MLS moving pieces around just to benefit Montreal, and we break that glass, we break the uh, the illusion of independent clubs, then What's I the have a problem between with that, that and moving the schedule around for clubs that are... That in happens the, all the time, all over the world. But that Leagues do that all the time. They move games for teams... All the time. I have no issue. So here's with that. where it gets shady then. If it was something like the Sean Johnson one, which was originally rumored, in a league who owns all player contracts, mm-hmm. the ability just to move players around makes for an unfair advantage to other teams and other leagues in the same position and same competition. Uh you're you're okay, you're saying MLS teams would therefore have an advantage because they can draw they own the, the end- rights to all their team. Why not just make a well, super team every time a team again, goes in the finals? That's why I would have felt weird about it. I mean, clearly, you can't bring in a bunch of players. You're changing the fundamental makeup of the team. And this is a one. Remember, this is one game, and this is this is facilitated by the fact that Evan Bush is suspended, and I think they've got an injury. Oh no, I'm sorry, Eric Kronberg is cap tied, so they they sort of they're sort of just in a in a bad spot. I, I'm not saying that everything about this is above board. I just don't know what to be upset about. Like I don't. Explain to me what should I be upset about with Christian Nick. Indy, now, that's, now it's the keeper from Indy 11. I agree with you. There is a little bit. I, I'm not nearly as, I think it's nearly shady or, or as a big foul of mood as I was when I heard originally Sean Johnson was going to be going up there. So, yes, you're right. They made a deal for a keeper. I'm surprised that you can add a player this late into the competition. Um, there are pool cap- keepers at the league's disposal, too. They chose not to go with a pool keeper in, in this regard. Um, so I, I don't have an issue with it. But I think it does 
open up the little bit of a window that it's kind of weird in a in a league where all player rights are owned by the league that you can do things like this potentially. I, I, what's, I, I, to stop, what's to stop them from getting Clint Dempsey? Because they don't need Clint Dempsey. Because why they don't have first of all because oh, you'd rather go with Dominic Oduro? No, in this case. We, because okay, because regardless of whether or not the league owns all the contracts and could really push things around if they wanted to, and it didn't happen. I mean, let's just say this: it didn't happen. The league did not step aside and allow Montreal to grab a Sean Johnson or anybody else from the from inside MLS. Montreal went outside MLS to get Christian Nick. By the way, who has been I think has been on loan with the Impact before. So this they have a previous relationship with this player. I don't again. I don't know what to be mad about here. Like, I I really don't know what to be mad about. I don't. There, I don't think there's anything to be mad about now. But I would have been pretty irate had the other deal gone. If through. you walk around life thinking to yourself, "I would be mad if this thing happened," you're gonna what? What? I don't. Even what, have you not ever watched like uh, like <laughs> George Costanza on like Seinfeld? Like these people <laughs> exist, and I'm borderline one of them. <laughs> so so yes, I know. Look, I know the rumor was legit. I mean, I mean, the rumor came from sources who, who, uh, from from outlets who typically have good sources and know what they're talking about. So I, that's why we're talking about that possibility at all. And again, if it had happened, it would have it would have seemed shady, super shady. But uh, especially if he started, I mean, it, I guess there's still even a question over whether. I, I, let's not assume that Nick is going to be the starter. I don't know that that's the case. I think they got a young. Canadian keeper, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what Clubhouse is going to do. Let's get to the question of whether they can actually win this thing, Jared. Wednesday night. Uh, they don't have to win the thing, which is good. They can tie it. As I meant, zero I draw, meant, they go through. I know what I you mean. The I, I was going two different directions with okay. it. Okay, all right, there you go. All right. I think the, as long as Nigel Rio Coker and Callum Malice can control that midfield, they have a chance. Okay. And I think they did a fantastic job of it over the last few games. I think Nigel Rio Coker has found a second win. He's a guy not intimidated by the atmospheres that he's been playing in. He's got a great track record. I didn't think he had this kind of stuff still in the gas tank after watching him play for Vancouver mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, Callum Malice, I think, has been a diamond in the rough that they found there. A diamond in the rough after diamond in the rough, by the way, that Montreal has been unearthing down the stretch right now. So I think if the young buck and the old veteran can combine for one more game, they have a chance. But uh, you've seen what America does when they really want a result. I mean, you watch, just watch what they did in Costa Rica. Yeah. No, no, they I mean, did that at home. They got crushed. I'm sorry, at home against yeah. the Costa Rica. I apologize. Right, but that, and that's the dynamic here. That's the difference. I, it was put to me by Eddie in Brooklyn. He said, "What you think Club America is going to be afraid of that environment in Montreal on the turf?" And no, of course not. But that's not the point. But like all Mexicans these days, they're afraid of tech expectations. <laughs> oh my God, are you? Jay All right. Look All right. at that Mexican team down the stretch yeah, of the World uh, Cup qualifying. Okay, but they went to the World Cup and performed pretty well. Was that because they had no expectations? Is that what you're saying? I think eventually okay. once they got past that result right. in New Zealand, now they had a well of positive emotions going into it, and they ride whatever emotion okay. is well, in the, you're, you're the pa- fan base. You're painting, in, you're painting all of Mexican Absolutely. soccer with a and I'll very, do the same thing with Canadians. very broad brush. And yeah, so... I think that look, is, is Club America capable of just housing Montreal in Montreal? Yeah, they are. Of course, yes. they are. They have the talent to do so. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be it tense. It comes down to the first twenty minutes, man. It well, really comes down to the first twenty okay, minutes. But, America's going to come out blazing. 
Okay, but this is again, this is Montreal's patch of dirt. So Montreal gets stuck in. Now you got to be careful. Clearly, clearly, you don't want to be getting guys sent off and the like. Montreal gets stuck in, and that's what I. That's what I think. I. I. If I'm Frankie Klopas, that's what I say to my team. Like, don't be afraid to 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 get a foot in. Don't be afraid to you know to give an, a little extra on a fifty fifty shoulder charge. Don't don't be afraid to maybe you know slip that elbow up. I I don't know. I mean. You don't want to be. You don't want to. You don't want to be so blatant that the referee has no choice. But but he's going to be again. The referee's in front of sixty thousand partisan Quebecois. He's going to be feeling the pressure to go for the home team, just like all referees do. I'm not. I'm not even saying that he's wrong to do so. This is what referees do in those big moments. Let's see what happens. I'd also say this team is really embodying their coach in Frank Lopez. I mean, they get down and dirty kind of a uh, way that they're playing. That's how Frank Lopez, that's how I remember him when he was with the Chicago Fire. And it's funny, Frank Lopez is ch- coaching this team like he's on the Celebrity Apprentice. He's calling in every favor he owns. He's calling Peter Wilton saying, hey, can I get a keeper? He's calling over the Chicago Fire. Hey, can I get a keeper? He's going back and get Bakari Samari. He's going back and getting Dilly Duca. He is calling in favors at the beginning of the season. And so far, he's been coming up bases with it. So we'll see if he what he can do in this end. Now, no more favors to call up. All right, You look, just put your team out there and see what they can do. You tell me if I'm overstepping here, but I made the comparison, or I tried to put this in context. If this wasn't CONCACAF Champions League, a competition that gets very little attention outside of our little soccer bubble that we live in, we talk yeah. about. If this was some other sport, if this was some other competition, would this not be up there with some of the greatest tournament runs in the history of anything in North America? I mean, I'm talking about, I, I, I compared it to George Mason in 2007, whenever that was, when they would don't know what that board. is. That's basketball. George okay. Mason when, George Mason is this little school down, down the road from me. That had no business being in the final four in two thousand and seven or whatever. Sounds it was. like a it sounds like a dude that unplugs my my, my toilet. Uh, okay, um, then we had I, I, who else? Did I, I put I said Villanova in like eighty four, eighty five, but that's even that's not even they were better, higher rated than Montreal. I'll in this take case. your word for it, but I do know what you're saying in terms of this is a Cinderella story gone right. Is it is it Hoosiers? I mean, that's what I'm talking about here. Like, is this the Hoosiers of soccer? Not that they're not good players; they're professionals. They put a lot of work into this. But nobody thought that. Nobody thought they would be. I think it's more here. like a championship team going up against uh, against uh, Chelsea in the FA Cup final. I think that's okay. more what it's like. Okay. All right. So this it's, is they're not some conference team. This is Wigan beating Manchester Chester City in the FA Cup. Then something yeah. on the along those lines. I see more like Wigan lines. who gets relegated beating Manchester City for for an FA Cup title. Robert in LA, what's up? Hey guys, how's it going? It's going well, my friend. Hey. uh... Uh, for a while, Jason, uh, you were reading my uh, beard name. I did or I didn't? You you did, and you kind of, uh, you, you said, like, one of them you were, like, kind of stuttering. I just wanted to, like, you got, like, way roll off the tongue, the, the pale conca ale. Oh, okay. I see. Pale conca ale. Oh, pale conca. Okay, I get it okay. now. Is Robert also to put in the Stone Garber Pilsner? Uh, yes, I did, and okay. I sent you another one. I, I, I'm trying here. I'll, I'll, we will come up with a good name eventually. You've got a lot of them. I mean, Robert. Are you brewing anything, though? You're are you brewing anything? Uh, no, but I do go to a couple of breweries, uh, local ones in my town. Okay. All right. So what else is on your mind besides uh, beer names? Uh, I, actually, uh, I had them, uh, a question for each one of you, but so my, one, uh, my first one is, this week of MLS games, regardless of the results, it really, uh, it really felt like the season like finally started. I just wanted to see if you guys felt that. 
with the, all the high I missed that. I, I missed that a little bit. Can you rephrase that? Can you say that for me, Jason? I didn't catch it either. Robert, say it again. I said I said that every game, I watched a lot of games, and they felt like both teams wanted to win. Okay. Like, they weren't just, like, happening to like, the nil-nil draw, like, in the right, previous week. Right. It felt like they were go- actually going for it. Well, I mean, look. Even they, when like, the teams were losing, they yeah, were still going for it. Yeah, well, I mean, we got a bunch of goals. We haven't got to MLS. We got about 15 minutes. We're going to do that. We, we got a ton of goals this weekend, Jared, and something switched off. I, Robert, I got to get let you go. I got a little bit of feedback here. I apologize. We got a, something switched in MLS this weekend. I mean, Montreal, I'm sorry, Houston and uh, and Sporting delivered eight goals. Where did the hell did that come from? I, I think what you're seeing now is teams obviously getting past the feeling out process of uh, uh, the early in the season. They're starting to find out who they are. I think uh, coaches are starting to figure out who their best 11s are. And also teams are starting to be in situations. Uh, Chicago doesn't like their situation. They're coming up big against the NYCFC. I think you see uh, Kansas City and Houston. I think these are two teams that are not like do not like where they're at right now. Yeah. I think you see New England trying to set, trying to make a statement that we still are the team last year. Jermaine Jones is back. They're riding that wave. There's a lot of stories and there's a lot of personalities that are finally uh, being out there. There's situations now, and teams are responding to those situations. So there's more to fight for. Yeah. First game of the season. Nothing really to fight for at this point. Mm. Now we're about, what, eight games in. Teams starting to not like where they are on the table. Teams starting to get comfortable where they are on the table. Things start to feel out a little bit more. And But no matter what, fantastic offensive soccer being played this weekend. Yeah, well, there were some mistakes, too. I mean, that was part of it. But for the most part, I think we focus on those attacking performances. And, and man, I, I love... Columbus and and New England, two teams we we all have somewhere deep in the playoffs this year. Teams yeah. that that showed real well last year. You know, obviously New England beat Columbus on their way to the final in 2014. I love both those. Ju- just being ruthless, just just throwing it on people. In uh, in Columbus's case, Philadelphia dropping a four spot, and New England just wrecking RSL. I mean, not even a little bit of dominance. I can't remember last time I saw an RSL team take a team, take a beating like that. Absolutely I really can't. Wrecked. Maybe against LA in the last game of the playoffs last year. I mean, that was even a kind of an aberration for them. I don't want to say the wheels are falling off in RSL without Christ and without um, Lagerway, but it's not the same. Something doesn't feel right. And it's always a question of how long could they do it? And I think they're reaching a point where they need to start reinventing the wheel a little bit. Mm. Beckerman, Javi, uh, Saborio, these guys are getting older, you know, and they have a ton of youth coming up. At some point, they may need to pull the trigger and just start getting. Listen, I, I'm not saying these guys aren't good players anymore. I'm not. They're still fantastic players in this league. But at some point, you need to ask yourself do you need to start getting a 28 year old? That's more in their prime. That does similar things. Well, so you I mean, can reinvest when and start back over they, again. But they're they're a little bit like Toronto in the fact, and we'll get to Toronto here in a second. But they're a little bit like Toronto in the fact that they've got they sort of got some built in excuses. Toronto's got the long road trip to start the season. They've had some injuries. They've had international absences, and RSL can kind of point to some international absences and definitely some injuries. Chris Schuler just had surgery. Chris Schuler can't stay healthy. You've got obviously yeah, you got you got Joao Plata. You're waiting on Joao Plata, who is a game changing player. They, they, it could very well be for RSL, and and they've they've been you know maintaining. They haven't been a disaster, but they haven't been good. While DC United has actually been pretty good without a Spindola, but you could I can imagine that Plata have could have the same sort of impact coming back into that lineup as Fabian Spindola did for DC this weekend in Vancouver. He was on fire. Now he's not going to be on yeah. fire every weekend, but he is. 
so I, I don't even g- give me a sense of what Fabian Espindola brings for DC United. They don't have that until he's in the lineup. He brings a little tiny bit of a Zlatan Ibrahimovic, <laughs> and it's it, it, it is a it is a ridiculous uh, sub amount of self belief. Yes, right. He, his confidence is off the charts. It, 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 it is a un. I would say unmeasurable amount of confidence and it's a, at a ratio far more than what everyone else feels he should have. Right. But the fact that he has it makes him do things that other guys in the field don't do. And, and pushes other players in his team to, to keep up with him on that mm-hmm. level. All right. So I, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned, we'll come back to DC, I guess we got a little bit of time. I mentioned Toronto. I want to go there because they get a win. Um, in the week when all that stuff was swirling around Greg Vanny. Can I, can I, can I do, a, I know we got not much, not much time, but can I do a quick pick your poison on New England before we move on okay, with Okay, absolutely, man. It's your show, too. If you're Jay Heaps, listen, they got a ton of talent on that, uh, on that team right now. Who do you start? Are you going to do Teal Bunbury in midfield or mm. Kellen Rowe? Man, I, I, you know, I was talking to Kyle McCarthy about this today on Soccer Morning, and I asked him, and he just said, you know, it depends on the opponent. You, you pick your best team that you think, you know, whatever, whoever looks good in warmups, whoever looks good in training uh, ahead of the game, whatever you think the matchup is better. They are, I would go with Kellen Rowe. I, I, I like Kellen Rowe a lot, but I don't know how you go wrong with Teal Bunbury, who's been playing fantastic soccer, setting up goals, scoring goals. They are. They are. Look at look at who they had on the bench. They they housed RSL. Look who Gonsalves, they started the bench. Alston, Diego Fagundes, Kellen Rowe. I mean, those are straight ballers. I know. I know. It's not fair. Look at look at what the, look who they did. Look and what do you did. even do? Do you trade them? What to get more talent that's going to sit your bench? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know that they can keep Fagundes forever. I think he's probably on his way out the door, probably overseas at some point in the near future. Uh, other than I that, mean, I, I'll be interested to see if Juan Agudelo and Charlie Davies can be a starting tandem consistently mm-hmm. in this league. I think without that means you're going to play two small, faster guys, and when you come up against the big guys in this league. I mean, how are they always going to get one over on them? Because trust me, they're going to have matchup problems in good ways and bad ways. Well, but, but it, I'm interested to see if these guys they may be a little too much alike for my. Yeah, money. but if but when you have Lee Wynn and 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 Kellen Rowe in your midfield, and but Kellen Rowe's not starting. Well, okay, right now. I see what you mean. They can they can release the ball for right, those guys. Exactly. Right? Those are the guys. They, there's probably not a better midfield in the league across the board at picking out those those through balls and splitting defenses than that team now. There are players who can do it. There are, t- there are 10 like players or creative players around the league who are very good and crucial to what their teams do. But nobody has the wealth of options across that, that midfield as the revolution. And they can trade, they can, they can swap positions on the fly. Like, it's nothing. Now, let me throw another name on you who's not even on the starting lineup. And maybe he was injured. I don't know. Diego Kobe, I mean, uh, Diego Kobe, Kobayashi. Yeah. Yeah. That's another bit of talent. It's not even listed. Yeah. I'm not. I, I don't know how. I don't know how. It's an embarrassment of riches over there right now. Yeah. I just hope they can pull it off. Anyway, Absolutely. sorry. I just wanted to bring that up. Real Fair quick, enough. I just. I. I think that's one of the toughest decisions in MLS right now for any coach. Fair enough. Um. I. I mentioned Toronto's response maybe to all of those rumors surrounding Greg Vanny and his potential exit or firing, heading into um this weekend. They lost four in a row. They go down to Orlando, and yes, Orlando's an expansion team, and yeah, they don't have a decent striker on that roster in front of Kaká. But it was a big, important win for Toronto FC, Jared. Yeah, I, I think uh, this is exactly what the doctor ordered for them. Um, I, I think 
I'm starting to see a little bit better relationship with um, Josie Altidore and Giovinco and Bradley. I think the answers are still, I mean, the questions are still in the back. They're going to continue to be there. Is Hagland really a, a starter in this league? He has good days. He has bad days. Um, I Listen, I've said it before in the show. I'll say it again. I hope guys like Frazier and Vanny can figure this out because they're two of the best defenders that ever played in this league. I'm surprised when I see the way their defense plays. They had a good night the other uh, the other night, but even that being said, I think Hagelin looks kind of iffy a few times o- over the course of that game. Uh, I think one thing they're doing better is like in a game like that, you saw Michael Bradley shut down every area that Kaká wanted to play in. Mm-hmm. The only way he could escape Bradley was to go wide, and if you can force Kaká wide, you'll take that mm-hmm, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, Toronto uh, doesn't play their first home game for for another two weeks, or it, they they play at home for the first time on May 10th, so they still have to get one through one more road match uh, before they get there. And I think they've got a Canadian championship uh, match or cup match in between as well. So there's a lot to deal with up in Toronto. But can, can we win. just take a moment of silence, just for a moment, to respect Benny Failhaber's strike? Okay, you need a moment of silence for that, or do you want? No, more? I think I need, uh, I need something else. Is that what you want? Better goal. Benny Failhaber this weekend or his Mexico goal? Mexico goals against Mexico. Uh, it's, yeah, it's against Mexico. Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's Duh and or hello. It's, 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 it, he won a continental championship. There's players that will play their lifetime and not have one of those goals. He's got I, two. Uh, he's got two. He, he is on fire right now, and I brought up his name. It's the hair, dude. You think? You think it's the hair? He's got that Adrian Grenier kind of like yeah. like locks going right now. It's Travolta circa seventy nine. It, it, it's fantastic stuff what he's got going yeah, I, on. Yeah, you know I can't lock it in. Maybe Grenier's pretty good. Obviously Grenier's got more of a flow to it. I mean Benny's uh-huh. got the curl working, but it's not it's not a fro. I mean he's by no stretch of fro, but it's got no. fro like qualities. If you know what I mean, it, it's the type of handsomeness that only comes with genes that are part Brazilian. <laughs> it helps when you have Brazilian genes, apparently. Yes, if that's working in his uh, DNA. He, he's, he's having a fantastic, I would say, two years, honestly. I mean, the Kansas City last year, I think he was a great year. He's having a great year this year. And the th- thing is, he's got no shot at the national team. Klinsman is not going to bring him up. I know. Absolutely not. Uh, actually, here, here, here's a question for you. Closer to the national team. Benny Failhaber, Sasha Kleschen. I think Gerd Kuzman likes Sasha Kleschen, so I'm going to say Kleschen, but it's super unsexy. Okay, what player would have to get injured or go down or be lost for any extent of time on the national team right now to to make room for Klinsman to have to bring Benny Failhaber in? Well, I mean, I have no faith that he would play him in the center, so I have no idea because Michael Bradley. I would say I mean, someone like Dempsey is the only kind of player that would maybe, have to go down before maybe. you're entertaining the being Fay Harbor. Okay, but but Clint Dempsey, you want Clint Dempsey twenty yards from goal at at, at the most. You want Benny Failhaber. Did you much? see? Did you see that strike just now? That was more than twenty yards from goal. No, I, I, what I'm what I'm saying is Clint Dempsey plays closer to goal. Their time, yeah, yeah. So when Benny Failhaber's on the field. He's not going to be naturally positioned underneath. And what I say about that is, unfortunately, U.S. doesn't really play a natural ten, which is where the, no. I mean, no. Kansas City's pretty much putting Benny, Benny Failhaber there most of the time with a good defensive cover behind him. But what you lose in creativity, the only place really you're getting creativity on the field for the U.S. consistently is Clint Dempsey. And I think that's what you would look to fit for Failhaber to replace. Maybe not necessarily his position on the field. But the creativity it brings, because right now, how many Americans in this league give you creativity? 
How many American players give you creativity? In the world, how many American players give you creativity? Well, I mean, there's a couple of a couple of New England we just talked about. There's, I would say uh, Lee wins the only other one, and that's the only guy that can really see block Benny Failhaber for the national team right now. Lee Wynn is the guy that's the the more in favor version of Benny Failhaber. Okay, interesting just to, to discuss that to consider that uh, around the league. Some other results, Jared. I mean, obviously we didn't see all of these games. We're kind of giving up our giving our takes on them as. We uh, as we came across them this weekend, I mentioned DC's win in Vancouver. That's obviously a big one. We talked about Fabian Espindola, New York and LA. Let's turn to that game. One one. You know, keep it brief here. But it is your boys. They did a they did a Bruce. I guess. I mean, they weren't the better team, but they managed to get a draw on the road, and they're happy to take that back home with them. They're in uh, practicality mode right now. Get point one point on the road, three at home if you can. I mean, they, they're they're playing like they're in a first round of a, of a of a World Cup right now or a tournament. They're just trying to get the most practical points every step of the way that they can. And it's listen, it's smart work by Bruce Arena. He knows he has guys coming. Robbie Keane's going to get healthy. The Gerard's coming. He's got to be practical. Mm-hmm. And listen, if you can get a goal from a guy like Bradford Jameson, a guy that you really have big hopes for down the road. This is great. And I love the Miazga and uh, and 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 Bradford Jameson kind of thread in this game. It gives me hope, to be honest with you. Mm. So we can go ahead and start it up, right? The, the Bradford Jameson hype machine is on fire right now. Like we're gonna just go IV, IV. Yeah, uh, no, of course not. I don't want to go. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on. But U.S. On soccer Jameson. needs a guy. That's the fourth, by the way. We do. We need a fourth. How, yeah, how much? How on, much dude. of an? How much of an upset is it that American soccer? has a young, talented player who is the fourth, and he's not a white guy from, like, Orange County. How, how much yeah, of an upset he, that is that? He's not wearing a, 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 a like, sweater tied around <laughs> yes. his neck. How much of an upset is that? It's unbelievable. That's Montreal impacting the CONCACAF Champions League level upset right there. By the way, I love – well, first of all, I know what Jossie Zardes does that with his hair so his grandma can see him on the TV because yeah. he doesn't have very good eyesight. Right. But isn't that kind of like – you look at your boy and be like, really, dude? Now, how are you going to do this to my grams? I know. I know. I think there was talk that Jameson is going to have to change his hairstyle now that he's starting to get some regular minutes with the senior team. Maybe he has to go red or something like that. I, but come know, on. Man. How's Graham's supposed to know? I, I know, right? I'm sure she's like, look. You know, you know how excited you know Graham's got when he scored? I know. Well, okay. Maybe that's a little Maybe that's a little tragic, a little sad. But you know what? I bet you Graham's thinks that Jossie Zardes is the most amazing. He's in two places at once all the time. He's right she, there and he's right there. I bet right you there. think he's she like- has like a speck on her glasses. <laughs> uh, so the Galaxy get a 1-1 draw in New York. New York's still undefeated. I mean, still unbeaten on the season. Still you looking. Buying still, you I'm, buying yeah, I'm full in. I'm full in. I, I Look, I, I knew Jesse Marsh was a good, a potentially a good coach. I knew they had okay. talent. Okay. I kn- okay. Let, let, let's play a little game then. All right. New York Red Bulls finishing a higher in the table. New York Red Bulls. Columbus Crew. Okay. Uh, uh, New York Red. I mean, on 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 current form, New York Red Bulls. I think they have a, I think they have a a, a strength of mentality that's gonna that's gonna carry them. They're not as dependent on one or two guys the way Columbus is. I, I don't think. I think that they can spread the wealth a little bit more. So I would go with New York. Finishing higher. New York Red Bulls. DC United. Uh, I'm still gonna go with New York, although that one's gonna be tight. DC's got some mojo that I don't really. Again, I don't really understand their mojo. I don't know how they do it, but they they make it work every time out. They play in the East. That's how they do it. New York <laughs> Red Bulls or New England Revolution. Uh, let's see. I I had the Revs. I think I had the Revs win in the East. I'm gonna stay stick with them to win, win the East. I mean, they're firepower. Okay, just firepower, for fun. Firepower. If who makes it further this season? New York Red Bulls, Vancouver Whitecaps. Who makes it further in the playoffs? 
In the yeah, over the course of the season, like which one of those teams makes it further? The, the Red Bulls. I, I I like I like the Whitecaps. They've got a lot of talent, but I still think they have some Is growing. Because they up. play in the West. Well, they're growing up to do, and it's tougher. Yeah, it's going to be much tougher to get through the West than it is in the East. That's obvious. Okay. I mean, well, but I mean, let's not be let's not be unfair to the fact that the Eastern Conference does have New England, Columbus, DC. Who again, whether or not you you doubt their overall quality, knows how to play and has Fabian uh, Spindola back. By the way, the two the the two teams, and I know as you're going to throw this out, they play in the East. The two teams with the best points per game so far, because everybody's on a little bit of different games played, are New York and DC. They're no, both the best teams. The teams with best points in the per game are Seattle and Vancouver. Well, this might have, I might have checked this before Seattle's win last night. It might have been Saturday you checked it, not okay. Sunday. But Vancouver's still up there. What are they? Yeah, on? Uh, Vancouver is at seven one point seven eight, and Seattle's leading the league at one point eight six. Are you? Uh, are you New sure? Red Bulls. Look- oh, I apologize. I apologize. DC United and New Yorker too. I apologize. Sorry you, about what, that. You do not do that. So you can't do that to me. I knew I was right on this. You completely convinced uh, me. It was I had fun it for a second. Uh, all right, we're out, we're out of time. Do you want to do you want to throw in any thoughts on uh, on Dallas and Colorado? I mean, a- anything else here? We're, no, it's Dallas and Colorado. No, I, I don't want to <laughs> say anything. About it. Uh, no, I I don't. I, I I think what I will say is that I'm really disturbed by the amount of bad tackles this weekend. Yeah. There's some really really bad tackles this weekend that probably should have had a lot of red cards, and I'm worried what that means for our league when if we see keep seeing that week after week and not punished. Uh, somebody had to pick your poison on Twitter. I think we should definitely hit that. I don't want to. I don't want to forget about it. Uh, let me see if I can find it. I I definitely favorited it on Twitter. Because that's how you bookmark things on Twitter. This is from Andy Smith. Pick your poison. Who starts mm-hmm. more games? Who starts more games in 2015? Oh, let me set it up. Steven Gerrard or any Philadelphia goalkeeper? Mm. Who starts more games? All right, so Gerrard becomes midseason. That's about uh, 16 games. He's not going to play 16 games. He's going to play 14, 13 games. Okay, you asked me the question, right? Back off for a second. My analytics. Will you opt over there? Um, let's see. I'm gonna go with a Philly keeper. Okay, but you do have to. I, I don't. He's not asking you to identify. He didn't ask which, me to say which one. But you, but you would have to pick one. You're gonna go with Can the. Can you the name kid? more than one? I, I, I can't. I mean, you got Bowley, and you got uh, the guy. Was it McMath this weekend, or like I can't remember no. who started this weekend? No, no. not McMath. Uh, <laughs> someone like that though. I can't remember the guy's name. Is it McCarthy? Is that his name? McCarthy. That's yeah. what it was. So because McMath is on loan to Colorado, which I'm sure Philadelphia yeah. is kicking themselves for right now in light of the and by the Arizona. way Andre Blake was the guy on the bench this weekend okay well, well let's see if Andre Blake can get some starts maybe he's the guy that wins that oh that man thing. I'm already starting to I'm already starting to like regret that decision oh it's too late now and uh, let me throw something at you right real quick before we get out of here uh, David Villa on the sidelines again for New York City on Friday night against Chicago they lose one nothing to the fire who are starting to improve a little bit they haven't played anybody great but they've won a couple they've won three games in a row is New yeah. York? Is New York? Do you think New York City FC is going to be dealing with this all year? Are we going to see yes. a David Villa in and out of the lineup? Because Kaká has been perfectly healthy and fine, and yeah, he may get hurt later, but there, I don't have any doubts that he's going to be like uh, his tw- his tweak hamstring. Okay, listen, we've had two kinds of DPs in this over the history of this league. We've had the DPs that are here for the right reasons and play every game with something to prove, and that's Kaká. You know, that's Juan Pablo on hell. Yeah, and then you have guys that want to play the games. I mean, Thierry Henry, for everything he good he brought, he played the games. Yeah. Um, we, we have other guys that have played the game as well, and I think Davi Villa may just be the type that plays games. You know, luckily they have Frank Lampard in, 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 in his career tells them uh, tells us he's not the guy that plays games. 
But hopefully, um, once he gets there, Villa will be inspired. Yeah, but how scary is it that when David Villa is on the bench, the guy that's leading your line that needs to score the goals is Adam Nemec? How scary! Oh, is I that? hate. I, I absolutely. I don't understand how he's keeping Patrick Mullins on the bench. I don't know what, what Jason Christ sees in the guy. It's it's amazing. All right, that's going to do it for us uh, on a Monday night a special. A special edition of uh, Best Soccer Show for reasons of rescheduling. Make sure you go to backheel.com slash store. Check out all those t-shirt designs. we got to get on that again. We need to do a brainstorming Maybe we need session. to do a t-shirt design that has the, uh, the, uh, the beer your Pilsner logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to come up with a beer label and put it on a slap it on a t-shirt. And then maybe somebody will like revert. Like it'll be the t-shirt comes before the beer rather than the beer begetting the t-shirt right that, yeah under, underneath it it says never trust big hops and a smile i love that that's fantastic on that note we'll see you guys next week bye Big win. Goonies never say die. Big ball of the field. Luis Alonso.